to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. For those of you who are new, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, today, we're going to be diving in to one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible. You've probably uh, seen at least part of the passage that we're going to read um, at football games. You've seen it... um, uh, you've seen it on in parades, you know, every time that there's a chance to hold a sign, you'll probably see 316. Has anybody ever seen that before, right? Of course, no one. No one's ever seen 316. Okay. Come on. That song should have woke us all up, all right? So no excuses. Today, I want to look at this very famous passage, and I want to look at what it means for us today because this passage, it really holds the essence of why Jesus came. And I want to look at the whole story about how God um, sent his son to the earth on our behalf. And before I read the story, I'm actually going um, to, have, I have two stools here. And the reason that I have these two stools is because I want to show that there was a conversation taking place. Today we're going to look at the story of Nicodemus coming to visit Jesus. And the way that this story is unfolded, Nicodemus was a a Pharisee and um, he was not just any Pharisee, he was actually of the highest order. Um, He was a religious leader, but in those days, the religious leaders were not just um, like pastors. They were also the, the leaders of the law, so they enforced the law. And what that means is that Nicodemus essentially was the equivalent of like a Supreme Court justice. So Nicodemus carried an incredible amount of authority, and he also carried an incredible amount of knowledge and understanding. And when we, when we find Nicodemus coming to visit Jesus, Nicodemus came with a certain set of beliefs. He came with a certain background. And when Nicodemus came to this conversation, he came, I believe, with some of the same thoughts that you and I have. Have you ever come to God in prayer and you've come with a certain set of presuppositions, a certain set of beliefs, and the more you pray, you keep praying, and for some reason you just feel like, I'm just not breaking through until finally someone explains something to you. Or maybe you're reading in your Bible and and something becomes alive to you and you realize, well, the reason that that prayer was not making it through is because I was talking about the wrong thing. Has anyone ever been there before? Sometimes we can come to Jesus and we can have a conversation with him that's the wrong conversation. You see, Nicodemus, he came to Jesus as a religious leader and he came to talk to Jesus about religion. But Jesus flipped the conversation on its head and he says, Nicodemus, I don't want to talk about religion, I want to talk about salvation. I don't want to talk about religion. I want to talk about a relationship. 
And when I say religion, what I mean is I'm talking about man's effort to appease God, man's attempt to get close to God by what they do. Jesus said, that's not what we're going to talk about. And so before we even dive into this, uh, I, you know, I want to read this passage here in a minute, but as Nicodemus came to the table, Jesus really wanted to emphasize something to Nicodemus, but not just to Nicodemus, but I believe to religion forever. And what he wanted to say was, I'm here to retire religion. Religion doesn't have a job anymore. Because now that I've come, there's no more attempts for man to get close to God. In fact, it's just the opposite. And Nicodemus, you don't see this yet, but the reason that I'm here is because you can never get to God. God has to come to you. And so today, I want to have a conversation And I placed these two stools up here because as I was reading this, I was like, man, there's no way to fully understand this passage unless you look at it as the powerful conversation that it was with Jesus, God in flesh, sitting right there. And so today, I'm going to ask you to use your imagination a little bit, your anointed imagination. You You know your imagination can be anointed, right? Because God gave it to you and you can imagine things that are in the Bible. You can think of things. God can give you amazing ideas. And so today I want you to use your anointed imagination to try to put yourself inside of this story. And to try to hear what Jesus is saying with fresh ears. Because I know that 99% of us have maybe heard at one point in our life John 3.16. But we need to hear this conversation in its entirety. So I want to read this, and then I want to pray as we get into this. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him very religious conversation. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify 
to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. You gotta love it when Jesus says you people. You know what I'm saying? You people. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Let's pray. Jesus. Speak to us now. We're here to have a conversation with you. We want to receive your word deep into our hearts. And Lord, we want religion to be retired in our life. I pray that we wouldn't strive in the old way of trying to appease. But Lord, that we would rest in your presence and in your power. That we would rest in your love. That we would allow you, Holy Spirit, to bring life to our mortal bodies. God, we ask that you would open our hearts now. Expose the things that need to be done away with. Pull out the things that need to be be changed. And we pray, Lord, for a transforming work of your Holy Spirit to sweep over us as a church body and as individuals. We ask, oh God, Lord, do a mighty work in us, oh God. Just as you rose from the dead, I pray that you would bring new life to us. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus came with a really important job. He came because he wanted to retire religion. And I just love the fact that when Jesus came, he came to have a conversation with us that none of us probably would have expected. But today, I want us to kind of get into the mind of what was going on here. This is one of those moments that, that we're going to be like a fly on the wall to experience this story. And, and I want to I look at the first thing that Jesus addresses. You see, Nicodemus came in and he was trying to talk shop with, this, with the Pharisee. And it was kind of like, hey, you know, Jesus, uh, you've done some really great things. And I know that this is, that this is something that is very good. And, and Jesus didn't respond to that. He actually just said, okay, Nicodemus, let's, let's cut to the chase here. Let's not talk about religion anymore. Let's talk about what all of us need salvation. 
You see, the first thing that Jesus wanted to address and the brokenness of religion was this. A relationship, it's really about the spirit, not the flesh. It's about the spirit, not the flesh. You see, Jesus said to him, spirit gives birth to spirit. So let's just imagine this, okay? Nicodemus sits down, and you can imagine that in his mind, he's thinking to himself, well, I understand religion. I studied the law. I'm the one that makes the decisions on the law. And so when he came to Jesus, he thought, surely we're on the same page. And he says, in his mind, the only way to a relationship with God is about the things that you do. If I do all of the right things, and if I perform the right way, then God will accept me. If I follow the law as, as, as close as I possibly can, if I do all of the right things, then Jesus will accept me. But Jesus was having a different conversation. You see, Jesus, he was saying, no, Nicodemus, you don't understand. In order to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. Everything has to change. Nicodemus, this is something that that you can't do on your own. And I think that the reason that Jesus used the illustration of being born again is to just rattle Nicodemus. He, he didn't even give him a chance to ask a question. Jesus just totally went in and he's like, hey Nicodemus, you know all that stuff that you want to talk about? We're talking about something else. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you got to be born again. Nicodemus, I'm sure, was kind of like, what are you talking about? How in the world can you be born again? What do you mean by that? You see, Jesus was bringing something to light. He's saying, you see, Nicodemus, the problem is is that you've been focusing on trying to do things in your own effort. But a relationship with me, the kingdom of God, is not about doing things in your own effort. It's about spiritual, supernatural power filling you and taking over. You know, um, how many of you picked your birthday? None of us, right? None of us here picked our birthday. You know, my grandmother, she, uh, she was actually, um, uh, she was born in the sticks, as they say, uh, in Georgia. And uh, the way, uh, from what I've been told, I don't know how accurate this is, but from what I've been told, the way that they would do the census is that they would come out and they would count, like, every five to ten years how many people had been out there. And so my grandmother didn't know the year that she was born. And so she got to pick her birthday, but none of us get to pick our birthday, all right? None of us. We didn't have any say in it. And you know what? Not for nothing, but actually your birth, you really didn't do much. In fact, if anything, you were probably very obstinate. If anyone has ever been where a child is being born, Never have I seen a child comply with this operation of birth. It's always complicated. 
But you know what? It's the mother that gives birth to the child. And what Jesus was saying is, you can't do anything about this. The only thing that you can do is believe in me. The only thing that you can do is say, Jesus, I look to you and I believe that what you're going to do in me is going to be a supernatural change. You see, because it's about the spirit and not about the flesh. Jesus said, Nicodemus, just believe me. Stop trying to do things in your own effort. Stop trying to make things work on your own strength. Just believe me. When I, um, when I, was, in, uh, when I was in high school, I had a, I had a heart issue. And um, I, so I went in for, uh, for surgery. And it sounds a lot more serious than it was. But um, they, they had to, I, I can't explain it to you. All I know is I'm better now. Um, but they, uh, they burned a sensor in my heart um, because I had, it, it would just, you know, it's too complicated. I don't even know how to explain it well. But anyways, they burned a sensor in my heart so that my heart would beat regularly. So I remember going to get surgery. And I don't know if, if anyone's ever gotten surgery. It's a very humbling experience. Um, they make you put this gown on and it's like, you know, just hospitals in general, a very humbling place, you know? They, uh, they I, I had to wear this gown, and I was like, man, this is, you know, I was in, I was in high school at the time. I wasn't real fond of gowns, and I, I just, I, I just, I was like, man, this is not cool. And, and I remember being uh, in that place, and, and they, they give you the, 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 the drugs to knock you out, right? And, you know, the only thing that I did that day was show up. All I did was show up at the hospital, and the doctor did everything else. They gave me drugs, I laid down on the table, and they did the work that they needed to do in my heart. And the only reason I know about this is because afterwards, I was actually friends with the doctor, it was a family friend of ours, and I remember, um, he, I, I actually remember one moment because I don't know if they gave me enough sedative because I woke up in the middle of the operation and I looked at the doctor and I said, hey, I want to see what's going on. And I tried to get up. And they said, get back down. Give him more of whatever they just gave him. And so they knocked me out. But you know, I had nothing to do with that situation. And even though I wanted to try and do something, they're like, stop it. You have no role in this except to just lay down. And, you know, I think that that's kind of the conversation that Jesus wants to have with us. He's like, hey, all I need you to do is just lay down. Just lay down so that my spirit can come and do the work inside of you. Because if you try to do this on your own, in your own strength, in your own ability, you're going to mess things up. And as Nicodemus was sitting there, Jesus was trying to explain to him, hey, Nicodemus, guess what flesh gives birth to? It gives birth to flesh. But spirit gives birth to spirit. You see, when you allow the work of the spirit to work in you and to work through you, there's supernatural results. When you work in the flesh, 
then there's fleshly results. And I have a question for you today, and this is for all of us. This isn't just for uh, you know, those of us who are, are new to the faith, but for all of us. I want to ask the question, what are the supernatural results in your life right now? What are the things that you look at and you say, there's no way to explain this because God did it inside of me. I couldn't, I couldn't have done this on my own. You see, all of us should have a life that is supernatural. It goes beyond our capabilities. It goes beyond our understanding. It goes beyond our knowledge. You see, when, when we talk about a relationship with Jesus, we're talking about something that cannot be fabricated and something that cannot be duplicated, something that we can't work up on our own. Jesus wants to do it in us. This is about the spirit, not the flesh. The second thing that Jesus wanted to understand, and, and, or rather that he wanted Nicodemus to understand, he wanted to debunk the m- misconception of why he actually came. And um, the, the reason that Jesus came was not what Nicodemus was expecting. You know, I can imagine Nicodemus was sitting there and he's saying, okay, well, to my understanding, the way that I've read um, the, the Old Testament, my understanding is that when the Messiah comes, what's gonna happen is he's going to punish all the nations that have made it so hard for Israel. And so he's gonna come and he's gonna clean house. He's going to judge the sinners, and he's going to make sure that all the wrongs are made right. And I'm just, I just want to be on, on his side, because when he comes, he's going to just level all of our enemies. But Jesus said, no, Nicodemus, you don't understand. My father didn't send me to punish all my enemies. He sent me to save them. This conversation is really hard to to understand how intense and how immense this is. Even as I was studying, I was just taken aback because I was thinking to myself, you know, Nicodemus had no idea. He, He was sitting there and he was talking to Jesus, not realizing that he had He had no ability to see heaven on his own. He had no ability to have a relationship with God. And the only way for him to do that was sitting right in front of him. You see, Jesus wanted to say, hey, I didn't come because I wanted to judge people. I came because I wanted to love them. When when Nicodemus was sitting here, the The incredible part about this is that Jesus said to Nicodemus, he's like, hey, Nicodemus. So my dad, he sent me because, well, he sent me to die. He sent me as a sacrifice because he loves you so much. Sometimes we forget that Jesus was a real person sitting down in front of him. He was saying, hey, my dad. You know, because when Jesus talked about God, he called him his father. That was a new concept. That was not something that, that Nicodemus would have been familiar with. It was like Jesus was saying, this is, you know, my, my daddy, my, 
my papa, he, he sent me to be killed because he loves you. I'm here as a sacrifice. I'm here to lay down my life so that, so that you can know the Father, so that you can know my Father. You know, I don't know of any story in all of human history where a father sent their only child to be sacrificed on behalf of someone else. But God knew that's the only way. Jesus was the only perfect one. He was the only one that was full of the Spirit. He was the only one that was, he was the only one that was perfect in, in every way. He was the only one that could come and offer himself as a sacrifice for, for all of us. And so when Nicodemus sat there, Jesus said, Nicodemus, you don't understand. It's about love, not condemnation. It's about love. The reason I came wasn't because I wanted to set the record straight. The reason I came is because my dad is in love with you. The reason I came is because I wanted to lay down my life so that you could actually live. The reason that I came, Nicodemus, is not to fulfill all of the rules, although I did that. The reason I came is because I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, Jesus, he didn't just redefine religion. He didn't just say religion is gone. He really redefined love. He said love, it's sacrificial. It, it's, it's totally emptying yourself on behalf of someone else. And I just want to show you what real love is from the Father. Jesus, when he was here, he said, Nicodemus, you don't fully understand, but I want to tell you that my dad, he loves you, and I love you. Maybe some of you are here today, and you, you're, you're saying, yeah, I, I know I've, I've heard this before, but I just... I wonder how many of us here have fully received this. You know, I've been I've been a believer for over 25 years. And every day I feel like I get a little bit of a clearer understanding of how big God's love is. And I don't even feel like I've really been able to scratch the surface. Our role as believers is to never, listen to me, and listen to me, please listen to this. Do not let this verse that says God loves you so much do not let that go over your mind and you say to yourself, yeah, I already knew that. If you knew it already, your life would be totally different. 
You might have understood the concept, but I want to challenge you to embrace that reality. I want to challenge you to say, God, if you really love me as much as you say that you do, then what does that mean for my life? How does that change the way that I interact with the people around me? What kind of confidence does that give me when I go into the workplace? What kind of boldness and courage does it give me to obey? What kind of an assurance does it give me to say no to sin? What kind of confidence does it give me to come into worship and to not feel condemned, but to say, God, I am standing before you perfect in your eyes, and you love me with an unconditional, unmatched love. You see, if the love of God hasn't changed you, if the love of God doesn't show up in your life, then you have no idea what this verse is about. That's what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. He's like, Nicodemus, you don't get it. God is love. God came because he loves the world, not because he wants to punish it. You might have looked at your relationship with God and and you might even constantly be dealing with your relationship with God is one of good behavior and punishment and then working yourself out of a place of feeling guilty into a place where you feel like you can stand before God. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that's an immature way of living out the Christian life. God has cleansed you and he's made you perfect. And so when you come into the presence of God, you say, God, I know that I'm, I know that I'm messed up, but you said that you came for me. You came to wash me. You came to make me new. So when I stand before you, I can be fully confident. It's about love, not condemnation. When you understand the love of God and you really believe it to belong to you, then guess what? You don't have to live in fear anymore. You see, the final thing that, that I want to talk, that I want to show from this passage is this. It's, Jesus was saying, hey, look, Nicodemus, a relationship with me, it's about freedom, not fear. It's about freedom, not fear. You don't have to constantly be worried if you're, if you're, um, if you're measuring up or not. You don't have to constantly be looking over your shoulder and looking over your back and saying, oh, I gotta beat myself up for what happened in the passage. Nicodemus, you don't understand, it's not about that. You see, I came so that you could live in freedom. Listen to this, this verse is powerful. If you could put up, um, the, this is the verdict, listen to this, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And you know what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus? Because you know, what time, what time did Nicodemus come to Jesus? Why do you think that he came at night? He came at night because this is what I believe was going through Nicodemus' mind. He's like, you know, I can't deny that, that there's a lot of amazing things that you've done, but I don't know that I'm ready to, 
to totally buy into what, what you're saying. It's going to cost me too much to associate with you at this time. I'll come at night because I kind of want to get my foot in, but I'm not sure that I want to dive in. So I'll, I'll get close to you so that I can kind of feel it out, but I'm not totally there. And Jesus just called them out. He's like, hey, you know what? People that do things in the dark, it's because their deeds are evil. But when you live in the light, you don't have to be worried. You don't have to be ashamed of anything. You see, Nicodemus, God forgives you. And when you're in the light, there's nothing to be ashamed of because God sees what you do in the dark anyways. I'm standing right here with you. I know you're afraid. I know that we're having this conversation in a way that's not the best way. You know, imagine Jesus. He probably felt a little dishonored, you know? It's like, wait a second. So you're the, you're the leader of Israel and I'm the Messiah, Maybe we should meet in the temple or something, you know? But he came at night. He's like, hey, let's keep this on the DL, okay? And Jesus says, it's cool. Still love you, Nicodemus. You know, maybe you've come and you're like, you're feeling guilty because you're like, man, I never, I don't come to God in the right way, but you know, maybe you don't know what to say. Anybody ever been there before? You, you come to Jesus, but you're not really sure what to say. You know, Jesus is always willing to have a conversation, even at nighttime. Even if it's not perfect, even if it's like, God, I'm kinda, I kinda got my stuff, it's not all in order. And Jesus is like, it's cool, I know. Just come on, let's talk, let's sit down. But hey, I want you to know that when you come into the light, you're just, being honest with yourself. Some of you today, I believe that the reason that you're here now is because you say, God, I, I want to be close to you, but I'm not real sure how to do all this sort of stuff. And maybe there's even things in your life that you're worried. You're like, if that comes to the surface, if that comes to the light, then I won't be accepted by God. Meanwhile, God is saying, I already know that that's there. I already know that that's there. I'm just waiting for you to put it in the light so that we could deal with it and move on. Some of you have been hiding things and there's things in your life that there's no blessing in your life. You're not moving forward in what God's called you to because there's things that you're hiding. You're holding it back. There's things that need to come out. Listen, the Holy Spirit knows. You can't fool God. You play, can't play games with God. God knows everything. And guess what? You might say, well, I'm not afraid of God, but I'm afraid of the people in the church because if they know what I've done, that's baloney. God's love is in his people. And when you come and you offer yourself completely and you say, God, I stand before you, it doesn't matter what anyone else says, it doesn't matter what anyone else does, God just like David said, against you and you alone have I made a transgression. And when I come to you, God, I just, I just stand naked before you. I have nothing to hide. 
And when you come before God and you say, God, I'm in the light, guess what leaves? Fear. When you hide things, you can't hide sin without holding on to fear. You can't live in freedom when you're holding on to the things that are still in darkness. And you might say, well, 98% of my life is in the light. God says, I'm not taking part of you to heaven. I want all of you. I want everything. Just come on, just get in the open. Allow me to do the work. Just lay down on the table. Just lay down on the table and I'll do the rest. You can't do this on your own. You don't have enough strength. You don't have enough ability. Just allow me to do my work, you see, because I want you to live in freedom and I want you to have joy and I want you to have peace. These are the the fruits of the kingdom of God. But you can't have the fruits of the kingdom of God unless you sow into the kingdom of God. Unless you allow yourself to be seen by the light of God. God wants to do something new and unique in all of us. You know, I just love the fact that that Jesus, he gives so many chances. Because he's sitting there, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he's saying, well, Nicodemus, I know that you're afraid, but you know what's beautiful about this? Is that we find out later that at the end of of Jesus' life, when Jesus was dead, guess who it was that came and said, I'm going to take the body of Jesus and I'm going to bury it? It was Nicodemus. You see, Nicodemus came to a point in Jesus' life where it was the least opportune moment to be associated with Jesus. Jesus was now dead. He hadn't even risen from the dead yet. And Nicodemus said, I know he's the Messiah. I'll associate with him now. Today, I believe that we need to have a conversation with Jesus. Maybe there's some hindrances to your walk with God, and I don't care if you know Jesus, if you've known Jesus for years, or you say, I don't even know if I have a relationship with Jesus. Today, Jesus wants to have a conversation with you, and he wants to say, come on, I want this to be about love. I want you to operate in the Spirit. I want you to operate in the Spirit, and I want you to know that this is all about love, and it's not about judgment. You see, Jesus is coming to judge one day, but that day is not today. Today is the day of salvation. And so we have an opportunity to say, God, today you love me. That's why you came. It's not because you want to punish me. It's not because you're mad at me. That's not why you sent. That's not why I'm here. And some of you think, even right now, in this moment, some of you are thinking to yourself, oh, the reason that the pastor's talking about this is because I did X, Y, and Z, and God is mad at me. Incorrect. Wrong. The reason that God is here speaking to you and tugging on your heart is because he's saying, I love you. I care about you. I want to give you an opportunity to come closer to me. And you know what? If you walk into the light, if you allow the light of God to shine on you, your life will be changed. God sees everything. Come on, can we just stand together? I want to, we're going to pray for a couple of things, but First off, I want to give 
an opportunity. Maybe some of you are here and you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm like Nicodemus. I, I, was, I came in with a religious understanding. I came in here because I thought about this was religion. You know, I, I, I went to church a little bit when I was growing up and, you know, my parents brought me or whatever, but I didn't know that this is really about a relationship with God who really loves me. And I, and I came because I knew that church is the right place to be. And you know what? If you're here and you say that, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here because Jesus wanted you to come so that you can get all of those misconceptions out of your mind so that he can have a legit, real relationship with you. And today, if you're here and you say, you know what, that's me. I I don't know if I've ever honestly had a real conversation with Jesus. I don't know if I've allowed myself to believe in him I don't know if I've ever come to a place where I've given my life over to him and said, Jesus, I'll follow you no matter what. I'll come out of the dark. I'm not gonna visit you at nighttime. I wanna, I wanna walk with you during the day. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again so that I could have a relationship with you. If that's you, we're all here. We're gonna pray together for a a few other things, but before we move forward, if that's you and you say, I want a relationship with God, if that's you, can you just raise your hand so that we could pray for you? Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? We're gonna pray in just a moment. Thank you. Put your hands up real high just one more time so that we could see. Thank you so much. Thank you. There's another one. Thank you. Hallelujah. This is what we're going to do. I want us all to pray together. You can put your hands down. This is what we're going to do. We're all going to pray. And I want us all to pray together because this, this is like the first conversation with Jesus. This is your introduction to your relationship with God. Because now you're inviting Jesus. You're inviting the spirit to come in and to live inside of you. And you're asking him to forgive you of your sins and you're putting your faith in him, you're believing him. So we're all gonna pray together. Dear Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising from the dead. Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again for me. I believe that your blood can wash me perfectly clean. I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. I want you to be my King. I want you to be my Master. I want to follow you. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done. Come and live inside me. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer right now, what happened is you went from a place from death to life. You've been born again. You see, that's what happens. God did something inside of you where you thought that you were alive, but now you're really alive. Now listen, before we go, we only have a few more minutes, but before we go, I just want to give us an opportunity to come to God and say, God, 
I want you to do something new inside of me. Maybe some of you are here today and you said, you know what, I've been, even though I put my faith in Jesus, I've been striving in the flesh. And when I look at my life, I don't see the results of the spirit in my life. I only see flesh giving birth to flesh, not spirit giving birth to spirit. And I wanna, I wanna walk in newness of life and I wanna walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you are here today and you say, you know what, I, I've got things in my life that I haven't exposed to the light. You've got things that you've been hiding. You've got things that have not been exposed and maybe you need to talk to someone. Maybe you need to talk to a ministry leader. Maybe you need to talk to, 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 to someone and you know what, we're gonna have some of the, the leaders and the pastors are gonna be down here at the front and if you wanna talk to someone, you can come and you can talk to them. But maybe today you say, you know what, there's things that I've gotta get off of my chest, I've gotta get into the light because I don't wanna live half blessed, I wanna be fully blessed. I want God to, to, to take my life and to move me into the place that he's called me to go. And maybe that's you today. So this is what I want to do. Even before we pray, I just want to praise God for who he is. You know, he came and he died for us. He did this because he loves us. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just lift up your hands. Just say thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I want us to do. Grab the hand of the person next to you. And I want to pray, Holy Spirit, fill us to overflowing. May the works of the Spirit, may Spirit give birth to Spirit in the name of Jesus. God, we don't want to operate in our own strength. We don't want to operate in our own ability. I pray that, Lord, we would operate in humility, allowing your spirit to do the work in us, oh God. Come on, pray to the right and to the left. Pray, God, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Enable them to operate in the power of the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
supernatural fruit would be born everywhere that we go. We pray that we wouldn't operate in the power of the flesh, oh God, but Lord, that we would operate in the power of your spirit, oh God. We pray, oh God, allow us to move, oh God, and be led by your spirit, oh God. I pray, oh God, Lord, that we would not, oh Lord, look to ourselves, our own strength, our own ability, but Lord, that we would lay down and surrender and allow you, oh God, to move through us, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, we trust you to do it, oh God. God, I just pray right now, Lord, for those of us, oh God, who've been living in condemnation and living in fear, Lord, whether it's because there's something that's being hidden or whether it's because there's a lie that's being believed, I pray, oh God, Lord, that you would deliver from fear, that we would walk in 100% full confidence, that we walk before a God who sees all of our actions. I pray, oh God, Lord, that you would do a new work, that you would restore, that we would be a people that live in the light of your glory, that live in the light of your love, that live in the light of your approval, oh God. Jesus, I pray, oh God, Lord, help us to live, oh God, fully free, not afraid, oh God, but fully free, oh God, to obey, to love, to do what you've called us to do, oh God. May there be no more hindrances, and may religion be retired in Jesus' name. I pray, oh God, that we would operate in the fullness of your will, in the fullness of your power, in the fullness of your spirit, oh God. We need you, Jesus, and we look to you, oh God. We look to you and we say, oh God, have your way in us, oh God. Hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for your mercy, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you love the world so much that you sent your one and only son. Thank you that you sent Jesus for us, oh God. We didn't deserve it, but we're so grateful for it, oh God. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. Oh God, your goodness never fails and your love, oh God, is so sweet, oh God. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise God. Listen, before you go, if you say, hey, you know what, there's something I, I, I just want to talk to someone or I want to pray with someone. We're going to have people down at the front. If there's something that you say, you know what, there was a point of what you were talking about that I really want to address in my life and I really want to get help and I just want someone to pray for me. I want to encourage you, come on down to the front. We're going to have some people up here in the front. God bless you. We'll see you at Tuesday night at prayer meeting. Take care.